When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. The Sporting Capital with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Footy Tinder back on a Wednesday night and in half an hour we'll speak to a three-time Premiership teammate of soon-to-be 400-gamer Sean Burgle and Josh Gibson on the show. Uh, yes, indeed. Welcome back to the well. Welcome to the Sporting Capital. After time on finishes, uh, it's almost like a, a costume change, isn't it? Uh, when you uh, you see people that are hosting award shows, they uh, they walk away in one outfit, they come back in another, and you might be curious as to why there's two different shows with the same person. It's just the way things are. Time on is our news wrap of the day, and you're saying the news of the day. And Sporting Capital is where we just get to really sort of fly by the seat of our pants, be a little bit looser uh, and have a little bit more fun uh, where we just can put the serious stuff maybe to one side momentarily uh, and do things like footy Tinder. So one 736 736 where I play you some of the biggest statements made by some of the biggest names in the game and you decide whether you like them and you swipe right if you do and if you don't like them, you swipe left if you're not a fan uh, and you get one super like but no more than that. Otherwise, you have to start paying. Uh, so footy Tinder on a Wednesday night, one 736 If you'd like to get swiping, you don't need to have had to use – you don't need to have had to have used Tinder in your day-to-day life. I'll walk you through it. But for those who do know how Tinder works, I'm sure you'll just take to this like a duck to water. But a chance for you to give your opinion – against some of the biggest opinions that have been made this week. Uh, 1-300-736-736-0433-98-1116 off the temper text. Hey, thanks to those who text through before as well. Had a question about uh, who it was that changed home games, and I had two out of the three, uh, and I forgot about Brisbane and Collingwood. So uh, I appreciate those who have just corrected me on that one. Thank you. Nothing gets past. Nothing gets past you at SEN, and I, I love that about you. Uh, so the Thursday game, it was uh, Easter Thursday, Brisbane and Collingwood uh, got swapped around. So um, this is way back on the 30th of March. I can barely remember what happened yesterday, so that's my excuse. Uh, so the Easter Thursday game it was moved from the Gabba to Marvel, uh, and then the Round 22 game between the Lions and the Magpies will be at the Gabba. Uh, so if you'd like to play some footy tender, let me set the menu for you. And we'll start off with Dry's very own Bob Murphy, who uh, has a solution he feels to eradicate the game from the non-footballing acts. Now, Jared calls them dud acts. I call them cheapies. You might have your own name for it, but this was Bob's solution to get them out of our great game. The football incidents and non-football incidents, yep. we need to clear this up. This becomes simpler if, if you do this. Yeah, if, go if, on. If, if, if today we said any punch 
any deliberate punch, whether it's in the stomach, whether it's in the head, any punch, four weeks, months. Starting punch, point. month. What if what if the starting point was two weeks? Or, or, month, month, righto. It's not about well, how okay, the players right. that are playing right now deal with it. What's the game we get in three years, yeah. four years? Oh, it's the, what's the game you get in a month? It's it's a, it, you you can eradicate it. It's a thought. I'm going to now. Not four weeks. Bang, gone. You punch him even if it doesn't hurt him. Nope, gone. Four weeks. So swapping left and right on Bob Murphy saying any punch, no matter what, no matter how hard, just the act of throwing it gets you a month suspension. Jeez, I, I, I think it would nip it in the bud straight away, wouldn't it? Um, I am all for forgetting. I'm all for getting those acts out of the game. So I'm going to swap right on that. It's it's. If I was writing the rule, I probably would have started with two weeks. But if you really want to get it out of the game, you 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 wouldn't have <laughs> you would not have an incident after the very first person got suspended. I reckon. I think it'd take one player, and then it would be done. One three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three. 98 uh, 11 16 to play some footy tinder. David King and Sam Edmund on Brecky this week filling in for Gary and Tim spoke about what the future could hold for the Bulldogs. The dogs going forward. So get to the end of this year and they, they pick up Sam Darcy, who kicked, I think, six goals in the six. Under-19s. Under-19s. Uh, Vic Metro, yep, their trial match against Vic Country on Sunday. So he kicked six, and now people are saying he could be, by the end of the year, the number one selection. Yeah, well, let's just say, he's, father, in the, say he's in the top ten. It doesn't, doesn't matter what number he is. Yep. He's, a, he's a bona fide AFL player. So they've already got last year's Christmas present they haven't unwrapped yet in Jamar Ugalhagen, and they've got... Norton at 21 years of Norton's age. Norton's a baby. Tim looked, English is young. Like, he looked like Wayne Carey yesterday. He took nine marks, six, I think six, no, five contested, six inside. How old's the Bont? 25. Bont's 25. McRae's. McRae and Hunter in 26. Yeah. You're talking but, dynasty. Well, I think so. I, I mean, you look at the list build. They just need, they're going to have the ability now to get the steak knife type player. You know, the Brian, Brian not that Brian Lake's a steak knife, but they, they paid a second round pick for Brian Lake. Uh, the Hawks, and it was the one piece they needed to finish off the rest. I think the, I think at the end of the year, the dogs are going to be in that position. Yeah, swapping. I'm going to super like that. The the only piece that they seem to miss, and by the way, they don't technically miss this piece because they've conceded the fewest points this year. So they've got the number one ranked defence in the competition. Maybe they need another key forward. But apart from that, everything you look so. History. Sometimes you can just get deja vu with a team, and I'm definitely getting deja vu with the Bulldogs. When it, uh, and, and and I'm getting deja vu with the Hawks, and we're going to speak to Josh Gibson, and I might even ask this of him whether he's seeing a little bit of the Hawks with 13, 14, and fifteen, with what he's seeing from the Dogs this year. So they win a flag ahead of time, Hawthorne in two thousand and eight. They don't get back into another grand final until 2012, and the timelines all sort of match up between what happened to Hawthorne and what might happen for the Dogs this year. So the Dogs have been in the finals the last couple of years and have barely registered a well, but Hawthorne lost that that thrilling prelim to Collingwood in 2011, uh, so they got a bit further than what the Dogs got last year. But it's just got that look about it. I'm just getting deja vu, and, and you look for a weakness in the Bulldogs, and yes, I know that Melbourne beat them, and but but teams beat teams all through the year. But I'm I'm really getting a Hawks 08 
and then back in 2013 vibe about them. They've still got some of those premiership players that were there back in 2016. Maybe they just weren't mature enough at the time to handle the success and or to keep it to keep it going. Maybe they got a little bit complacent. Hawthorne admitted that back in 2009, 2010. It took them a while to to put it all together again and get back into playing the type of footy that was going to get them into finals and win them finals. And the Bulldogs just look very, very much like that Hawthorne side that went on to have a dynasty. And, and you can't really see a weakness in them. And they could only you now maybe go and add. Bont took less years at less money than what he would have got elsewhere. That's what all the successful teams do. The best players in those teams take less than what they could have got elsewhere because they understand that they're on the verge of something special. They added Trelaw to that mix, and I know that he's further away than maybe originally thought, but Josh Dunkley's to come back into this team as well. Ryan Gardner hurts defensively, but I absolutely do feel like that is 100% accurate from Kingy. Uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight. Uh, eleven sixteen to get yourself involved in some footy tinder. Speaking of David King, this was maybe one of the most out-of-the-box, incredible suggestions I've seen in regards to a changing of the game for the year. Why don't we like it? Yeah. How many times we pull a guy up just as about to set oh, sail yeah. for yeah. goal and you're going to get the, you're going to get a highlight. You're going to get the crowd get to their feet. That Paddy Cripps goal. Jared Healy put it on the couch last night. It was one of the great oversights by the umpires. It was amazing. But it was a big goal. It was a yeah. big moment for Paddy. So it would have been a shame to not have that. So that was Kingy's actual follow-up to the point that he'd made earlier in the week where he just, he threw up the suggestion of taking the running bounce out of football, remove the requirement for players to bounce every 15 metres or every 15 steps. I'm definitely swiping left on that. Uh, and not even giving it another thought. I don't even have an argument as to why, but I'm just swiping left straight away. Sorry, Kingy. I love you, but that's not happening. Uh, this was Mark Evans speaking about the Suns' future. So it can and will work. Um, I don't know enough about all the different mm. franchises and sports and what, what they've gone through, but I think there were a couple of those where uh, the, they maybe didn't have the financial backing to mm. see it through. Uh, it, it's not It's not easy um, and no one should expect it to be easy or hand it to you on a plate. But the, if, you're, if you take a long-term view and you're trying to build a football community that can sustain a team, um, then there are some incredibly positive signs around that. Uh, even the, the beauty of having so many games in Queensland last year in the grand final, Queensland's growth story this year has been the fastest-growing place for 20 years yeah. for the AFL. And this year, it's, it's blitzing its numbers. Mark Evans says the Suns can and will work. Yeah, I think they can and will. I'm swapping right on that. Uh, Dwayne Russell's put full-time umpires back on the agenda. Well, the NBL have got five full-time umpires now umpiring basketball in this country. So if it's good enough for the NBL, as I mentioned weeks and weeks ago on this program, when it was announced that the AFLW season is going to be on the off-season, so I'll state it again for the record, there should be full-time AFL umpires that umpire 12 months of the year. Now we have an AFLW season outside of the AFL season. So, in essence, you can have the same umpires, even if it's five or six professional guys and girls who umpire 10 months of the year because there's now going to be footy for them to umpire 10 months of the year. 
So I'm going to get my wallet out, put my credit card details in. I'm going to pay for another super like. That's how, that's how desperate I am to give this a super like as well. Dwayne did speak about this weeks and weeks ago, and given that I brought it up two years ago, I needed someone with a high profile to get on board. I'm a nobody. Uh, it doesn't. I, I can stand there and thump the desk and, and, and stomp my foot and plant a flag, but I'm just not a big enough name. So I needed someone of the pipe status to get behind this campaign. And finally, I've got someone uh, could not agree with the pipe any more uh, than I currently do. Uh, Kane Corns has had this to say about Richmond. Richmond is facing the reality that eventually catches up with all the dynasties. The Tigers are done. I'm calling it. And it's taken me some time to get here. But there's no turning the ship around from here. They're one and six against top eight sides. They are three wins and four losses at their once fortress MCG. There's a blueprint to stop Dusty. The captain, Trent Cochin, isn't influencing games like he once did and injuries are mounting up. On Friday night, they were held to just 22 points in the primetime slot against the bottom six side. That doesn't happen to premiership contenders. Most concerningly of all, though, is their trademark hunger, aggression, and distinct style of play is gone. Swapping left or swapping right on that, Richmond cannot win it this year. I'm nervously swapping right. Sometimes you see a profile on Tinder where it just, you think this, this looks too good to be true. Um, everything sort of reads really well. And then you think, but is this a catfish situation? <laughs> Richmond could be about to catfish all of us. <laughs> I'm going to swipe right, but I'm fully expecting to be catfished by this. I don't think they can win it this year, but I think they can win it next year. So I don't think the dynasty's over, but I think that this year might just be a bridge too far given where they find themselves just clinging into the eight with eight rounds to go. one three hundred seven three six seven three six to get yourself involved in some footy tender. Uh, Jared's in Pakenham. Uh, it will get us rolling tonight. Jared, hello to you, mate. Hey, Sam. How are you, mate? Uh, I'm really well, thanks. Uh, why don't we start you off with one that we haven't heard yet? Uh, and that is Peter Sumich. He believes that the D's could fall to fourth or fifth on the ladder by the end of the year. You're swapping left or swapping right on that? Uh, I'll swap left on that. I don't think they'll fall that far. Do you think that they will <laughs> fall from the top spot? I think um, I haven't had a close look at the draw, but I think there's other form teams, but I just don't think they'll drop outside the top four. Yeah, I, I have them finishing third. Uh, we did our ladder comparison last night, myself and Peter Sumich, uh, but that was that one. That one did raise my eyebrows as well, Jared. Hey, how about this? Bob Murphy says if you throw a punch, doesn't matter how hard it is or if it even connects, you get four weeks. Swapping left or swapping right? Uh, swapping right on that one, and almost using the super like, but I might save it. I think all non-football acts should be greater double what a football act is. I agree with you. Absolutely agree with you, Jared. Hey, uh, what about uh, Kingy says that the dogs could be on the verge of a dynasty? Swapping left or swapping right? Uh, Swapping right. The the young players are amazing. I'm I'm a Tigers fan, but what the Bulldogs have got going for them in the future is uh, pretty bright down there. It is, isn't it? When, when, When you look... When you look at 
even the, the guys like Bailey Smith. So they're so deep through the midfield. They've got options plenty up forward. As many people want to tell us, the number one draft pick hasn't been able to force his way into this team yet, which is absolutely fine by me. Even the defence, which we were concerned about, has conceded the fewest points. So they, they might even still go bolster themselves in that area because I think they've got salary cap to move within. Uh so people are saying the Dogs' defence is a weakness, but I'll remind you to go and have a look at the points against. They've conceded the fewest. So, uh, Jared, I 100% agree with you. What about uh, Dwayne Russell, full-time umpires, swiping left or swiping right? Uh, swiping right, and I think I think it should be the NFL system. So we get nine full-time umpires. They each have their own crew, so maybe another two or three umpires that work with them in... Um, each week, so you get the consistency between the three umpires that are umpiring each game. So just run that through me again. Your phone line just got a little shaky. So you've got three umpires each week, which we have. Yeah, so I think you should have the nine full-time umpires, yep. and then each of them has two, two understudies or three understudies that umpire the whole year with them, so you get the consistency of the group. So you don't have an umpire down one end that and push in the back easily and one down the other end who's not paying it. If they work together consistently, from even if it's a block of eight or nine rounds where they all work together, you're getting consistent calls within each game. Jeez, I, I really like that <laughs> idea, Jared. <laughs> we, we, um, even when it comes to footy commentary, we try and stay within the same teams each week and so we know each other and how each other calls. And then you look at footy, footy are a team. And umpires do consider themselves a team, and, and as they should. But even having those little teams within a team so that you operate, um, maybe that would make things a little tricky when it comes to grand final day and finals because you always want your best umpires doing that. But I think there's a lot of merit in keeping the same guys together as often as possible. I, I really like that idea. Uh, thank you for playing, my friend. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Mark and Tom, stay right there. Uh, and just off the text, you lost me with the Tinder reference. I don't know how I can play footy Tinder without referencing Tinder, but just a game we like to do on a Wednesday. Don't read too much into it. It's just you getting to swipe left or right on the biggest opinions that have been given throughout the course of the week. Give us a call. You might enjoy it. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 This is off the text. Yes, Dwayne is spot on about the umpires. Super like for sure. Uh, and did you say Ryan Gardner is a damaging defender? I said, no, he, his loss to the side is damaging. Um, he's really slotted in nicely and become an important part of that dog's defence uh, as well. So they'll miss him. Um, and this is off the text. How busy is real Tinder tonight with all 18 clubs in Victoria? <laughs> AG, that's some sharp stuff. Mark, don't want, uh, Dom, stay right there. You can get swiping after this. Sporting Capital. You're listening to the Sporting Capital with Sam Hargraves on SEM. The Western Bulldogs should listen to trades that came across the desk for Jamari Hagen. We know Sam Edmund has spoken about the fact that there are other, are other clubs interested and in starting to ask the question about you know, potentially getting him out. This hypothetical trade, who says no to Denver Granger Barass? And granted, it's one game, but he solves all of the Western Bulldogs' issues down back. You've got a 12-year key position prospect who will hold down a spot there and shore up your spine. For the Hawks, while well, everyone's saying six months ago this kid's the next Buddy Franklin. So Kane Corns, that's a fascinating one for footy Tinder on a Wednesday night, uh, suggesting that the Western Bulldogs and Hawthorne should seriously look at a trade uh, that would be mutually beneficial 
to trade Jamar Hagen to the Hawks, and they trade Denver Granger Barras, who made his debut to uh, much aplomb. He was fantastic, Denver Granger Barras. I was very impressed with how he uh, went about it in his first game. I haven't seen enough of Jamar Hagen, so for the for, so for now, I'm swapping left on that. I don't want Hawthorne to make that trade just because I haven't seen enough of Jamara Ugalhagen. Uh, 0433981116. Sam, many of us don't use Tinder and have never used it previously. Lock, that is absolutely fine, my friend. It's just a little handle we like to use to have a bit of fun where you get to have your say on some of the biggest opinions that are being given during the week. It's just essentially a agree or disagree and you get to explain why. So you don't need to have had to use Tinder to play footy Tinder. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Infrastructure does not allow games at Princess Park anymore for AFL games. Toilets and retail outlets, as in food vending, were removed for the development of the complex. Thank you very much uh, for that text that just came through. Uh, and people liking Jared's work, saying that he needs a job at the AFL. Best caller in months, says Mark. Mark in Digger's Rest. Uh, give him Gil's job, says another one that's just come through as well. Mark's in queue. G'day, Mark. Yeah, just on that um, uh, swapping uh, the Hawthorne guy for uh, the Footscray guy, uh, that's a swipe left on that. Mm. I mean, I think the Bulldogs, the Bulldogs are really um, building nicely themselves. I say building nicely themselves. They won a flag in 16 where they beat the Swans, but... Um, uh, this time, I think, with Aaron Norton and Mar- uh, Marcus Bontempelli, I think they'll win this flag in their own right. You know, um, I, I just think they... Back in 16, I think they won probably a little bit... a little bit earlier than what we thought they were going to win one, like coming from seventh, beating the, uh, beating the minor premier, the Swans. And, you know, a lot of criticism was, of course, they were looked after greatly by the umpires during... Not only the grand final, but uh, the week before as well. Don't worry about that, Mark. Don't don't let that get in the way of a great day in AFL history. So, are you swiping right with Kingy that they're on the precipice of a dynasty, or are you swiping left on that? Uh, well, I don't know what left or right is, but left, I, 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 left, I, I, I left, not... left is disagree, right is agree, and you can super like if you want. Swipe up. Yeah, I disagree with it, mate. So you don't think they're on the verge of a dynasty? Uh, well, sorry, I'd be swiping left. I think they are on the verge of a dynasty in their own right this time with Aaron Norton. Yep. So I'd be, uh, I'd be yeah, 100%, mate. I, I think they're ready to rock and roll again beautifully. Ah, nicely done, Mark. I couldn't agree with you more. John's in Surface Paradise. G'day, John. Yeah, hi, Sam. Um, I'd love to um, Carlton play at Dan Geelong, actually. This, uh, this sure. Time yeah, no. Well, that's that's what's looking like is going to happen with uh, Tassie saying no to Frio heading there early uh, and playing the the Carlton game there this week. They play Hawthorne there next week, so it's looking for all intents and purposes like it will be at GMHBA Stadium. So uh, why don't we start yeah. swiping? What about no, uh, no? Hang on. Before you go, uh, before um, because one of your co-workers, Anthony Hudson, he's a mad Geelong supporter, and I remember he said to. Oh, he loved to. He said the AFL, <clears throat> Carlton to play down Geelong, and all of a sudden Carlton's playing down Geelong, and we beat him in front in front of Dan Andrews. Um, Dan Andrews, he's a mad Geelong supporter. Also, he's like um, the only difference between Dan Andrews and Ned Kelly. At least Ned Kelly had a face, a okay. mask. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, John. <laughs> Appreciate it, mate. Have a great night. Bye-bye. There we go. Uh, not not that keen to play some footy tinder was John, but certainly appreciate the call nonetheless. Jamie and Barwin Heads. G'day, Jamie. 
Hey, mate, how you going? Can you do some swiping with me? Yeah, I don't do Tinder. I'm a bit old for it, but I was swiping left on the Granger Brass trade, the Bulldogs. The old saying that um, forward sell memberships, defence wins premierships. I think Hawford are building a very, very nice um, back line at the moment and like a long way off, but there's a lot of potential there. So I'm happy to leave Granger Brass at Hawthorne. No, I like, hey, I like that. Uh, what about Kane saying that Richmond cannot win the flag this year? You're swiping left or swiping right on that? Right is if you agree, oh, left I'm, if you disagree. I'm, 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 I'm le- left. Oh, no, right, I agree. They can't win the premiership, and they've had enough too. If you've been to a game of Richmond supporters at the moment, mate, it's pretty painful. Good for them, but bad for the opposition, I can tell you. Uh, what about uh, Peter Sumich saying that he can see the D's slipping to fourth and maybe even outside the four with the, with their run home for the rest of the year? Yeah, yeah I, I'm, um, I'm, I'm agreeing, so I'm swiping right because I, I reckon Melbourne have got a good... Um, chance of falling off the face of the earth like they've done on numerous occasions in the past. And what about uh, David King suggesting that maybe we just get rid of the running bounce altogether, the requirement for players to, to actually bounce the footy when they're having off for a dash? Yeah, be, I, I, I totally agree, so I'm swiping right with that one because we've got CJ in our back line and I'm sure if he actually measured that <laughs> distance when he strides out, he, yes. would, he would get a penalty against him most weeks because he strides so long. So, yeah, I'm agreeing with that one totally. And what about Bob Murphy? Uh, the, the punches in footy, automatic four weeks if you throw one. I, I, I'm swiping right too because everybody knows how to, when they're throwing a punch, you actually physically clench a fist and throw a punch and it's no part of football and it should be outlawed. I couldn't agree more. Hey, Jamie. professionals know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Jamie, thank you so much, mate. Really appreciate you getting involved and playing some footy tinder with us. You're listening to The Sporting Capital with Sam Hargraves on SEM. Dunn Rivers, Lewis, brilliantly Gunston, Burgoyne to put them in front. He doesn't miss. He's kicked three, floating to centre-half forward. Varco, still with Varco. This to tie the match. He's missed. Oh, he's missed. Get the hearse for the curse. It comes down towards Rinoli. He'll mark and kick after the siren. So there it was. One of my favourite Sean Burgoyne memories uh, in a career that has dished up just so many. And it was when he almost single-handedly brought the Kennett curse undone. Uh the, the contest before he kicked the goal where he was able to bundle over Andrew Mackey, get the handball to Gunston, who kicked the goal, and then Gunston returns the favour to Burgoyne, who's coolly slotted it through from the angle on the run. Uh, and Sean Burgoyne this week will celebrate 400 games, uh, a premiership player with Port Adelaide, three-time premiership player with the Hawks. When he left Port Adelaide to go to Hawthorne, everybody thought... He was done and dusted and his knee would just give out and wouldn't allow him to get many games at all. Uh, but Alistair Clarkson saw it differently, so too did Sean Burgoyne, and the rest is history, and he is a, a vital part of the game's history. I, and I mean this with the greatest respect. I, I think he's the greatest Swiss Army knife player in history. There, there isn't a position that he can't play or that he hasn't played. Maybe Ruck, but I'm sure he's done that at some point. But this is a guy that there was always a situation that there was a Burgoyne for. There was a Burgoyne for every moment, for every twist and turn in a game, for every situation that Clarkson especially has faced, there was a a Burgoyne to be used to to bail you out, whether it was a a lockdown job in defence, whether it was clearances out of the middle, whether you needed a goal 
inside Ford 50, Sean Burgoyne was the guy that could do it for you and get it done. I was trying to think of like a superhero analogy for it. And the best I could come up with is maybe a little bit like Iron Man because he's got all those different suits that do all those different things and he just puts on the one that he needs at that particular moment. And that's what Sean Burgoyne does. And that's what he's done for his entire career. And he becomes just the fifth player to ever play 400 games. And that is something to absolutely celebrate. And his career as a whole is something that we should absolutely celebrate. So we're having a little bit of trouble getting on to my old mate Gibbo. Uh, so Josh Gibson is going to join us uh, momentarily, uh, just having a hard time getting on to him at the moment. So Gibbo, if you're listening, that was us calling. Uh, so if you could <laughs> pick up the phone, that'd be great. In the meantime, we'll just continue to work through some footy. Tinder Wayne's in Adelaide. G'day, Wayne. Uh, g'day. Sorry, I, I, I thought Gibbo would... Beyond, that's yeah. well, that's okay. We did too, uh, but that's fine. You, uh, that was a good wrap up of Sean. Than, uh, no, thank you. Yeah, no, that should be audio grabbed about Sean Burke. I'm a port supporter. What are your memories, uh, yeah, Wayne? Audio. Before we before we get swiping, have you? Have, that's my yeah, yeah. Sean Burgoyne memory. The, the the two key moments that uh, brought the, the Kenneth Curse. What's yours as a port fan? Uh, he's running out the back because he played down back. For us at Port, mm. but with Hawthorne, with his outside fifty goals, um, and all the other players, as you said, um, the seats that he wore, yeah, he was brilliant. He was a great player and uh, a good fella. Uh, thank you, Wayne. I, I, I appreciate that. Uh, would you like to do some footy Tinder? Yes. Uh, well, it's actually not footy. I'm swiping right on the NHL. Um, my team's in uh, the um, grand final. Stanley Cup final. Um, who's yeah, your, who's your team, mate? Uh, Tampa Bay. Okay. And what are you, and what are you unhappy about? Actually, um, uh, no, no, I'm swapping right. Uh, it, it was awesome. Uh, we had a play yesterday. We won 5-1. And uh, I think NHL is a lot rougher than footy now. Um, I can't remember the player on our team. But number 11 on the Canadians, Montreal Canadiens, uh, we dumped him on the ice after a player hit his helmet off. So dumped him, tackled, and drove his head into the ice. And he had blood streaming out. It sounds like fun, doesn't and it? And he had two minute, <laughs> a two-minute penalty. No, he's, oh, I was like, he should be suspended by like our player. Yeah, I, I, um, I think it is the most violent game in the world. Uh, NHL, I, I think it is incredibly brutal. But you've got a, a one, you've got a one nil lead in the series. Uh, yes, you've good. got game two tomorrow at ten a.m. We're going for back to back. Yes, you are too. So best of seven series. I'm amazed <laughs> that the players can get through a season, let alone a best of seven. Uh, <laughs> best of oh, seven series. It, it is. And they sweat. Um, uh, my son and my stepfather. Uh, my stepfather took it up at 40 here in Adelaide. And uh, and then my son got into it. And, yeah, it, it's hard. It's a brutal sport. Well, it's exhausting. Well, Wayne, enjoy. Good luck to Tampa Bay. Um, I hope that you get to experience uh, that back-to-back feeling. Uh, have a great night, and thanks so much for calling. Really appreciate it. Uh, Daniel's in Lilydale. G'day, Daniel. Hey, Sam. How are you? I'm good, thanks, buddy. Do you want to do some swiping with me? Yes, mate, I want to swipe right on Essendon to make the eight. I think it's the biggest lock of the year. Who do they knock out? 
Well, I think the Swans are I Barry for, ironically. I think that's a, there's a key game between them and the Swans in about three weeks. Yep. And I reckon that, and their percentage is good. All the other teams outside the eight, their percentage sucks, and the Swans have got a good percentage, but we're just running out of puff with all the young guys, and I really think Essendon will beat us, and that'll be the key game. Yeah, I did this with Peter Sumich last night, and I I actually think that the Swans will be okay. They've got a, a pretty comfortable run home. Um, it's one of the easier run homes of the top eight sides. I think they'll be fighting it out for sixth and seventh. But the way that I had a look at the run home, based on the current form that the teams are showing, I think Essendon's the biggest threat outside the eight to get into the eight, given the run home and given the way that they're playing. I think the way that they play can actually disrupt some of the top eight teams. So I wouldn't be surprised if they claim some scalps on the run home. And I think the team that might be vulnerable if they don't improve their act is Richmond. So I'm not writing the Tigers off just yet uh, in terms of making finals, but Richmond might be the vulnerable team. Yeah, but well, to quote Tags, I'll put a mozza on them on Essendon Mateo. So I'm, I'm happy either way. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, now, what about some other things here? Uh, Dwayne Russell has gone again on full-time umpires. Swiping left or swiping right on that? Swiping right. I think it's the way it has to go. We pay enough that they almost should be full-time now, but I think the NFL reference that the caller uh, a little while ago made was perfect. Mm. Get crews together, get them used to each other, and then, yeah, you can get the best of the best in the finals, but... If they work as a crew, I think you'll get a lot more a lot more consistency in games. It's right. And if you've got those set guys that are full-time, they then, as part of their full-time duties, would actually go and take the training for the lower leagues. So they would train the VFL umpires, depending on where they were. And you'd probably have a full-timer in every state that would probably have that as part of their duties as well. Uh, now that AFLW is going to be running from November uh, through the summer, then you can absolutely make it a full-time gig. Uh, they could spend more time at Clubland, maybe umpiring the scratch matches of the players. Uh, they get to know the players better. They form better relationships with the players as well. I think there's enough that you could have them doing to make it a full-time occupation. You pay it well. I think Brendan Goddard spoke about 200000 uh, earlier on this year. I think that's right. Make it a Make it a prestigious thing to be. Make it something that people want to aspire to be. Don't laugh at the kid that rocked up a few years ago in umpire's gear and, and loved what the umpires did. and Embrace that kid. Um, get around that yeah. kid. Um, we we have to make it something uh, that, that uh, we have to make it something that is aspirational, not something that we treat as a second-class citizen, which is what we've done to umpires since day one. But that's my view. I completely agree. And I think, like, when football turned professional, it just raises the level. And very quickly, as you said, it becomes aspirational. Then the top umpires bring through the other umpires. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree. And and it's a clear pathway then. And I actually, the, the current umpires who I'm a big supporter of, but you've got guys there who have got very high-powered jobs, which is their Monday to Friday. They're nine-to-fiver. Uh, you know, lawyers, accountants, uh, not saying that these are better jobs than others, but I'm just saying these are demanding jobs that they have on top of being travelling umpires of a part-time nature. They've had families as well, so they get pulled from pillar to post. I just think that if you – why not try dedicating at least a, a set number of umpires to being full-time professionals and just see if it actually works. Give them their own facility, which they haven't had for years. Make this something that is aspirational for people to want to do. 
Uh, and I think that you would get more people signing up to do it and hopefully more ex-players, Daniel, um, which we've only got two currently in it uh, at the moment, Lee Fisher and David Roden, who's a goal umpire. Uh, thank you for the call, Daniel. Always great to hear from you. Patrick's in Warburton. G'day, Pat. Hey, mate. How are you? I'm good. Let's get swiping. Bob Murphy, four weeks for any punch thrown. Swiping left or swiping right? Oh, no, right. You I would say 90% of – oh, sorry, no, that's that's disagree uh, left. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I would say 90% of punches, but, I mean, there are ones that really connect, right? So we, But the AFL has to fix whether it's the action or the outcome. That's the real crux of it, isn't it? Well, I always thought it was the outcome. Well, it has been, but they're clearly switching to the action, which is probably the right way to go, I reckon. I think they switch hey, just, back and forth pretty regularly. But, yeah, take it away, yes, Patrick. What did you want to say? True. Mate, 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 Dan Andrews is an Essendon supporter, by the way, so that fell pretty flat. Can I just go straight to this umpiring issue, actually? Because yeah. the, the one thing is that the lower levels are bereft of juniors who want to do it because they get berated at junior footy games. Absolutely. I have seen old probably guys in their 70s or 80s that are struggling to get back and forth up the ground doing senior umpires in regional, uh, sorry, doing senior games in regional areas. Yep. So turning the umpires into full staff employees will, will obviously cut at least half of the applicants out straight away because there's no way you're going to be able to compete even with a full-time position with a lawyer or architect or whatever it may be, right? So they have to fix the lower levels first before they even think about what they're going to do to fix a full-time position. Do you think this can help with that, though, Patrick? If you show a clear pathway that is to a long and sustainable career that's well-paid, highly regarded and respected, because it, it, it's, it, I, I think it's a holistic thing, and what you're saying is 100% right, that we need to change. This is about changing our attitudes towards umpires. So we're not seeing, I had people text me the other week when we spoke about this, that they've got their, you know, 16 year old daughter who's umpired her first game walked off in tears because she's just been abused for two and a half hours and doesn't want to go back. this is about us all changing our attitudes towards umpires and not treating them like second class citizens and actually giving them the respect they deserve. Because that's why you see situations like what you're saying and that's why we see that in the twos of that game you're talking about, you've probably got one club umpire from each team who's had to throw them up because they just don't have the numbers to do it, mate. So I think what you're saying is 100% a big part of what needs to change holistically about the way that we view umpires, the way that we train them, uh, and where they end up uh, at the end of the journey. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.